Have you looked back on 2023 to identify key lessons you've learned in your business? Are you looking to come out of the gates flying in 2024? Since I've started in the mortgage industry, I've always had my eyes set to the future and what's in front of me now without really taking much time to reflect on the past. I always thought reflecting on the past was something that wouldn't really move the needle in my business. However, it's had rather the opposite effect for me this year. In this episode, Brandon and I, we sit down and go over six big lessons we've learned in 2023 why you should consider taking the time to reflect on what has worked and what hasn't worked in your business and how you can learn from our mistakes. If you're new to the show, my name's Tom Moffitt and I'm joined by my good buddy, business partner and co-host Brandon Love. Whether you are new in the industry or a seasoned vet, you will get specific takeaways from every episode as we strive to make Commission Breath focused and granular. Let the Commission Breath podcast be your tool to growing your mortgage business. Now let's dive into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Commission Breath. Brandon Love here with Tom Moffitt. This is episode number 23, and we are going to share six lessons that we've learned in 2023. Number one was a big one for both Tom and I, and I'm going to let him kick things off. Yeah, I guess this applies to both of us. I mean, first of all, number one for me, shiny object. This was a big one. So I learned how to overcome shiny object syndrome better. I'm not going to say in general, I've overcome it because I'm not perfect and nor will I ever be. I feel like shiny objects are always going to creep into my life. And if you don't know what shiny object syndrome is, go check out our recent episode on the invested entrepreneur. We just chatted about this, literally just recorded it before this. And that was the actual premises of the episode. And if you don't know what that podcast is, that's actually our consumer focused podcast to get leads for a mortgage business feel free to listen to it. It might actually apply to you. But in general, shiny object has been something that I've struggled with in my business and life for the past fuck, like 10 years, man. And specifically in the mortgage business, I mean, this is year four for me coming up. It's been there since day one. Like if you go back to my YouTube channel, that was the first thing I started doing was YouTube. And my God, I spent so much time and money doing that. And that was a huge shiny object when I knew deep down that focusing on building referral based relationships was like easiest way to build my foundation. So fast forward to this year, I finally figured some stuff out and things started working in my business. But then I had this grand idea to reach out to you with a really cool business idea, which was Leadvine. And for those of you listening, if you don't know what Leadvine is or was, it was a business that Brandon and I we started back last February ish of this year, right? Yeah, just after Kelowna, which was I That's think right. late January. So business probably started February. Yeah. And yeah. the premise behind it was we were helping mortgage brokers book meetings with realtors. And that was the first thing that we were doing. It is actually working, but it took us away from our own mortgage business. And deep down, we knew if we just focused all our efforts into our actual mortgage business, then we could 10x our income over the next couple of years, whatever it was versus like Leadvine just took us away from that. And like, I don't regret it because it actually led us to this podcast. Like that's why we originally started Commission Breath was to actually build that Leadvine business. But we're actually having a lot of fun doing this. So now we're still doing this, still will. But that's been a game changer for me is just trying to overcome shiny object syndrome. And one of the things that I do to overcome it is I just sit down, like I sit on it for a couple of days whatever idea comes into my head. And then I evaluate it in a different perspective. Like I think, okay, is this going to affect my business in a bad way? Is it going to help my business? 
Is it going to take me away from what I do best to make more money? And at the end of the day, two, three days go by and I still want to do that idea. I'll maybe reach out to you and I'll ask you your opinion. And that's something that's worked best for both of us is just spitballing ideas between the two of us. Yeah, usually one of us kind of throws the idea out there after parking it for a bit. And then quite often the other person just smashes it down and says, you know what, we should just focus on what we're doing best and stick to that. The other big win of doing Leadvine, though, it wasn't a total loss, was that we learned a lot about hiring people and subsequently having to get rid of them. And then we also ended up gelling our mortgage businesses together. And that's been great for both of us. So there was a big win there. It wasn't all downside. Also, we dialed in a lot of the scripting and stuff that we now use in our mortgage business. So there were some wins that way, but definitely was something that pulled us away from growing. I think we probably could have added another roughly 10 million in funded volume had we not put those hours into Leadvine. But you don't know if you don't try. And sometimes with shiny object, the fool's gold is there. It looks very attractive on the outside. And it's only once you dig in that you realize, you know, you're digging in the pile of shit. So (laughs) yeah, no, no regrets at all man i mean like you said like even if we lost call it 100k on that 10 mil to me that's well worth it what we're going to be building out in the future together so not to get all cute and cuddly and sentimental here but uh no regrets here brother let's go on number two number two is yourself so why don't you dive into that one for sure so number two ties somewhat to number one a little bit but it's pick a system that works for you and stick to it And really, that could be anything from, you know, your social media outreaches and your DMs to creating content, or it could just be working your phone, doing your realtor meetings, financial advisors, webinars, whatever your strategy that you identify is, stick to it and make sure you can do those basics consistently. If you can't, don't add another layer. I found that I was really dialed in on my calls and then I tried to add certain things and then it kind of pulled me away from doing those calls. Once I recognized that that was a distraction, I just said, okay, you know, until I can get my calls perfect, I'm not going to add that other layer to it. And then once I did get my calls consistently going out, I started adding those little bits of social. I started doing little extra things that just added to the overall picture. Yeah. And to give an example of that, when you and I first met for our first, I guess we called it a mastermind for our business going forward when we were merging, we had the idea that for lead gen specifically, we were going to be tackling, honing in on our realtor relationships, Google business, FAs, and social. So looking at all four of those, if you think you can tackle all four effectively, then you're probably mistaken. Unless you have a team below you and that's all you're doing is just lead gen. Sure, maybe you can tackle all four, but we realized quickly that, hey, you know what? We're biting off too much. What's the saying? Biting off uh, too much. Biting off more than you can chew. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we quickly got rid of Google business. I mean, we still get reviews and stuff like that, but we're not trying to optimize our profile to be first on the page on Google. And the way we looked at that was, was like, hey man, like, The leads that we get from Google, they're not going to be as tight as referral. And secondly, they're not going to be as much as what we can do with our realtor partners. So why don't we just really solidify our relationships with them and grow more relationships? And then secondly, FAs, I still believe it is a great strategy, but to add that onto our plate, we're like, no, man, we don't have capacity for this. So 
to your point, like just pick a system, stick to it. Don't try to add too much at once and go from there. Yeah, for sure. It's just like pick the one fire and add the fuel on there and just going to burn so much brighter. And I think that's been a big takeaway. The other piece is that anything you add to your plate adds a layer of time. And as mortgage agents and brokers, I don't think that we should optimize to try to like create a nine to five day or a nine to nine day. Like you should be trying to get the most earnings per hour because there's so much more to life outside of business. And I think that's your next point, Tom. I, I was just going to say, you're tying into my next point. We're so seamless today. <laughs> don't let business consume other aspects in your life. So I wrote this down because this was something that's affected me this year is that I mean, I love building businesses, building the mortgage biz. That's what I always, always think about. But the downside to that is that it's consumed me in a way that I've forgotten sometimes to keep in touch with friends, family, you know, my close circle and just reaching out to them to hang out and have these planned events that I kind of forgot to do. So I always kind of like circle back around this time of year and think about the year in general and what's gone well and what hasn't. And for me, it's like, you know what, I need to make more touch points and just keep in touch with people on a more regular basis. And if that means that I sacrifice a bit of time out of my business, then in the long run, it's going to be healthier for me. And so, I mean, that's pretty much it for that point. Like it's something that I've realized looking back this year. Yeah, I think that's one that I gradually get better as well. I had that realization with my daughter, Willow, coming to me and she said, she's like, why are you so angry? And I was like, oh, this client's like <laughs> just not listening, not sending the right documents. And like, I don't know why I vented to her. And she was like, just don't work with that kind of client, dad. If they're not doing what you say, don't work with them. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. Like, that's a great and point. I realized so many clients were like, kind of robbing the joy from the rest of the life. And I was doing it just simply because I wanted to have that extra funded file. I wanted to earn the income there and also like hit my own like internal goals and metrics. But I'm like, it was robbing the rest of life, which is like, what's the point of money if you're not enjoying, like, I should have just been with my child, they're not thinking about this client that was pissing me off. Yeah, and it happens. though. like, you're not gonna be perfect. Some of these things are going to pop up. And an example of that for me was I have this group chat with some of my good friends. And a lot of it's like chat about like hockey or fancy hockey or whatever else. And I was just like, I'd open up and like, holy shit, there's like 20 messages here. I can't keep up with this. So I just like open it up just so I can read it, like mark it on red and then just kind of move on. And then there's this one time on the weekend where I chimed in and they're like, holy fuck, Tom's alive. And I'm like, man, <laughs> like that's a red flag that I'm not reaching out to my friends too much. So that was it yeah, for me. For sure. And it's good to recognize those things and you can always you know, make a point to be more attentive to it. And there's going to be times like April, May, you're going to fall off the radar again. But this time of year, you do have a yeah. few extra hours in a day that you can circle back on people, wish them a Merry Christmas or whatever, and rekindle that kind of stuff. But like, you know, number four for me was to not be afraid to move on from some relationships. Found this both with certain friendships and industry partners, or even just our own team members, mm -hmm. there were people that weren't growing with us either on like a personal level or a business level. And it was just a time to move on. And, you know, when I was younger, I really struggled to let certain kind of like toxic relationships go because I'm like, I don't want to hurt people or like try to act like I'm better than people in any capacity. But I recognize that you are the sum of the people you surround yourself with. And if you have partners who every file they send you is a dumpster file and a dumpster fire, excuse me, or like 
every time they reach out, they're super negative. It's like, you know what, that's not actually helping you grow. And you realize for certain people, you're just kind of like their last resort or like an accessory, you're not a priority in their life. And just to not be afraid to let those relationships fall away. Yeah, you really got to look through and past the leads. Like you look at a referral partner and you're like, okay, they sent me 10 leads this month. Like that's great. But if you actually look at the quality of the leads, they're stealing time away from you because you're hopping on discovery calls with these borrowers that are just wasting your time or they're not responding back and you're following up with these leads. So that's a great point. And I definitely have to go through mine this year at the end of this year and really just look through who's been a good partner of mine, who is someone that is sending me these shitty leads or they have that negative attitude or they're sucking my energy and just move on. Like you said, that's a great point. Yeah. And I think like sometimes if they're sending you shitty leads, you don't want to penalize that like the fact that they're sending you leads is a good thing but like go down to the root question of why are they sending you shitty leads and is it because they don't know how to vet their clients and can you help them with that or is it because they just use you as their last ditch effort for every single thing and if you're the last resort for them then i think you say hey you know what i'll help you out on this one but if you're not going to send me some good stuff here or there, I don't always want to be your Hail Mary pass because it's stressful for me, my team and our systems. Yeah, you've got to go to the root source of why those leads are coming at you. And I just know off the top of my head of two realtors that I work with that it's just their business model. Like they do more of the online lead gen game and that just doesn't really jive with our business. So maybe it's just like the way they generate their leads. It could just come down to that. For sure. And so, yeah, the last one here, or my last one, number five, not letting files drain me emotionally. So I struggled with this right off the bat. Like my first file was a pretty complicated one when I first started. And I found that over the years, I'm getting better at this. And this year, especially, I've gotten a lot better. But files tend to really drain me emotionally, like stressfully, and I'm more consumed in that file. And I feel bad for clients that are in these shitty situations which isn't really good. Like it sounds like it's a good thing, but it's not like if you're invested into every single file and you take it personally with these borrowers that come to you with shitty situations, then you're not going to last very long in this industry. And I recognize that probably year two. And ever since then I've gotten better, but this year, especially I can't really point to how I got to that point and why it's working better for me. But I think it just comes with experience and knowing that like you look back at all of the stressful files you've had And you think like, what's the worst that's happened to me? And for me, it hasn't even come down to like a bad Google review. Like I haven't even received one of those, even though I think like, oh man, like I might get sued for this one because this client is just absolutely crazy and they think everything is my fault. But uh, really, if you look back, like what is the worst that can happen to you from these files? For sure. I think having the perspective of being able to zoom out and look at like an array of different files, you know, when you can look at over a hundred funded files, it's a different scope than when you're in like zero to 10 because you're like, okay, this is terrible. My last file was so great. Why is this so bad? So that perspective does get a little bit easier to obtain. Also, I do agree with you. If you can't get to that point, you are going to put yourself in a position where you're going to burn out. Like, I know I used to have like sleepless nights worrying about how things are going to happen. Then like, I had a sleepless Saturday, Sunday, like the lenders aren't working. No one's going to underwrite anything here. Like, what am I doing? It doesn't make any sense. So I know I've gotten better at that myself too, because Livia will be like, oh, this doesn't bother you as much. It used to be like, yeah, be like visibly like upset about it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like I just realized that I want to number one to help them and to help my business grow, but I can't want their mortgage more than them. And also like 
a lot of these scenarios that people find themselves in. I didn't go out and max up my credit card or buy a yeah. property I couldn't afford, do different things like that. So I'm here to help them, but also, you know, their lack of planning doesn't become my emergency. Yeah, man. And put this one here because I know there's a lot of people that probably feel the same way. Some people are just stone cold and they get through it. I respect that. But I know there's a lot of people in the industry because this is a stressful fucking career sometimes. So I just want to put that out there. Don't let it consume you. It's easier said than done, but it does get easier over time. Yeah. And like, don't lose your heart too. Like, don't become a total stone cold assassin. Like there's something to be said about caring and having that empathy to want to help these clients. And I think you probably have a lot of that from like your background in firefighting, but I think that's a value to add to your business, not a negative, but you just have to find the harmony between that and like, it taking away from your mental peace. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's something that we focus on getting better year after year. And that's my last point here. My big takeaway from 2023 is just focus on getting better at the things that you do day in, day out. So, you know, the discovery call, the document collection, partners update, all these things that like we've started studying and figuring out how to make those one to 2% improvements it seems trivial at the time that we're like hey no we send the email this way and this is how the request goes out it seems like oh that's not going to make a big deal but those little tweaks and improvements do compound over the year and i know like my business from december now to what it looked like january it's so much better and just keeping that same mindset of small improvements you know this time 2024 i know i'm going to have a dramatically different business as well and it's those small wins that compound over time i think it is important to reflect back not only just this year but just over the course of your career and and think to where you're at now what you've improved along the way and i do have one question for you how are you enjoying yesware (laughs) oh it's great yeah so those of you who didn't follow the tools and software I was rewriting a lot of my emails and then Tom's like, can you implement Yesware? And we have a shared inbox for our North Shore mortgages now. And it was so much easier to template. So like, for instance, I send out this one email every week to all my partners. And now I just have the template that I edit for both of us. And it's just, yeah, it's night and day. Yeah, Literally the one week I did it by manually. And I put my toggle tracker on and it was like an hour and a half it took me. And then the next week it was 45 minutes. And I was like, shit, Dude, I don't I want to admit this to Tom. <laughs> but I guess you just called me. Get, that gets me excited, man. And so I love that you track that. So now you know that saves me 45 minutes a week. You do the math on there. It's like, man, you're one email template away from freeing up your time. Yeah. Install and download Yesware. Yeah. Tom's trying to get, a, trying to get a, an advertising podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. So that's our six lessons we've learned in 2023. Thanks for joining us for episode 23 as well. If you have lessons or takeaways you've learned, share them with us on Instagram. We're pretty responsive. That's us on there. It's not some social media manager. So we're happy to connect and chat with you there and look forward to hearing from you all. All right. See you guys on the next week. Cheers. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.